Hi, and welcome to Integrative Cancer Solutions with Dr. Carl Feld. A cancer diagnosis is one of the hardest slap in the face imaginable. All of a sudden, you have to become an expert in cancer and its treatments because your life depends on it. Oncologists, family, and friends are pushing you towards chemo, radiation, surgery, and yet you feel there are additional solutions out there. You don't feel confident in that only traditional therapies will take care of it. You may, as I have, seen family or friends quickly go downhill from harsh medical treatments. There is a better way. I invite you to listen to stories from real people fighting cancer successfully through powerful, integrative, and holistic methods. Learn what they did. This is my gift to you to make the learning curve less steep after your diagnosis. The information this podcast could save your life as it has others. Well, Dr. Bernard, I'm so excited to have you on Integrative Cancer Solutions with Dr. Carl Feld. Thank you so much for joining me. It's great to be here. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. <laughs> great. So this podcast, we focus a lot on, on cancer patients and, and their journeys and you know, the challenges that they have you know, through the whole process. And you know, frequently what I see is that you know, a patient, they are diagnosed and all of a sudden, boom, they're in for treatment and then treatment's done, and then, then what, you know? So, so that's kind of what I'm seeing, and that, I know that is what we want to focus on. But before we get there, I'm, I'm curious, why did you step into cancer? Because you haven't dealt with cancer yourself, correct? Correct, yes. I've never had cancer myself, but it's just been something, it's almost like a calling to me that has been, I've been drawn to it since I was like in high school. I've always had an interest in biology, physiology, that kind of thing. And then whenever I learned about cancer, I'm like, how can we not understand more about this disease that so many people get? It affects so many different cancer types, like cell types and so many different organs, and we still don't know anything about it. So I started kind of being involved in the physiology and the biology, kind of like the cell idea of it. And then um, I started to kind of experience it with my family going through a lot of cancer. Like I had a lot of family members who experienced a lot of cancer. And I started to realize how like the personal side of it, like the person going through the cancer side of it, there's not a lot that's done to kind of make them thrive throughout all these treatments or especially after treatment and, and recover and feel better and make sure that they don't have to go through all that again. And just the personal side of it has always been a big interest to me since then, um, where I really want to jump in and see what else can we actually do to make sure that people don't go through those treatments ever again or in the first place, ideally. And that is, I mean, it, it, it seems to me, I kind of what you're talking about is that the oncologists, they have their tools and they go after the, the cancer and they really don't look on the individual that much. They don't look at the patient that much and don't recognize that it is, you know, it's, it's a whole, whole entity right there. I mean, they're so focused on just kind of shrinking that tumor, going after that tumor, but the person in itself is not really considered that much. Yeah, it's a bit of a broken system in that respect where um, that we have to be so aggressive with treating a cancer and that doesn't leave a lot of room to teach other people or teach people how to like eat well, how to support their stress responses, how to sleep better, um, whenever that can really make a big difference in quality of life. And also there's a lot of research out there showing that it can make a difference in prognosis and outcomes as well. So there's not, uh, not a lot of help out there for a lot of people who are going through the cancer system. With that respect. So, I mean, what is your take as if you would walk through kind of a normal patient's journey through cancer without the help of somebody like you, but somebody that just goes through an, a normal journey? What, what does mm -hmm. that look like? 
I end up seeing eventually seeing a lot of women who take a lot of action. So they end up doing a lot of research on their own. They're trying to figure out um, exactly what treatment to go through in the first place. So they want to understand as much as they can about the treatment that's been recommended, the surgery, the chemo, the hormone medications, the immunotherapy, whatever it might be. So they're doing a lot of research on their own, which kind of leaves them really overwhelmed, really frustrated with a lot of questions and wanting to take a lot of action, but not quite knowing where to focus their time, their attention, their energy, because there's not a lot of energy to be had whenever you go through all this treatment. And it's just, I feel like there's a lot of side effects that people are trying to manage. They're trying to kind of support their systems as best as possible. This population that I typically end up seeing, but they just are at a loss with all the research that's available because there's so many books, there's so much Google um, search information out there that it's not very clear who to listen to, what's actually going to work for them and their body and exactly where to start and how to carry that out. And sometimes it, as a cancer patient, you know, when, when they come to someone like, like us, uh, it seems to be that they've been listening to conflicting information and conflicting research. And because like you're saying, there's so much out there. And so what applies to me, you know, what should I do? Uh, should I do all plant-based? Should I do ketogenic or should I do, you know, what, what am I doing? Anti-inflammatory? Am I just doing high, you know, low glycemic, what, what, what am I supposed to do? And then supplement wise, you know, am I doing, you know, with the repurposed drugs, am I doing Joe Tippins protocol? Am I doing Kelly protocol? Am I doing high dose vitamin C? I mean, all these different possibilities and then, you know, where to go. And, and that's why to be able to come to you, uh, somebody like you to kind of hold their hand and guide them through that process becomes so important. Yeah, you're exactly right. Like we kind of end up being the the main kind of organizer of all of this information and we help to set people up with the plan that's going to work for them by testing a little bit and getting a little bit more in depth with what's going on within their bodies to listening to their main concerns to kind of prioritizing things as well. So it's not that um, they don't need to do everything, but we need to kind of get rid of all that background noise, take what is actually important, what's really going to make a difference with regards to their particular symptoms, with regards to their particular likes, dislikes, family history, past environmental exposures, all that kind of jazz, and put that into an action plan for them so that they're not overwhelmed anymore, so that they feel like they're on a path, that, that they feel like they're making actual movement forward and accomplishing things too. It's a big part of what we do as doctors. Yeah. yeah and, and have then a treatment protocol that is specific and unique to them rather yeah. than just a kind of a blanket protocol because I have cancer and these are the things that other people have done. And they, well, obviously what you see online is you, you see the successes in whatever therapy, but you don't see all the different failures. And mm -hmm. uh, so then as a cancer patient, you're then thinking, well, I'm, there's, there's a fear that I'm not doing everything that I need to do to make sure that I accomplish the goal that I'm wanting to do. So then they tend to just throw everything on it. And, mm -hmm. and then sometimes they just get paralyzed because it becomes too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the thing is, whenever you go through an active disease process, pretty much the treatment is always the same. So if you are diagnosed with X type of cancer, you go through XYZ type of chemo, radiation, um, and whatever that might be. But whenever you are looking at recovery and prevention of a disease, there's a lot of different factors involved that are more specific to the person as opposed to the disease process. So a disease requires a kind of similar protocol. It doesn't matter what kind of person goes through X type of cancer, they get the same treatment. But whenever we're looking at recovery, Whenever we're looking at prevention, we need to look at that particular person, give them an individualized plan. It makes a big difference. 
So when should a cancer patient take the step and reach out to somebody like you? I mean, what part of the process is it uh, during chemo, pre-chemo, or I mean, during medical treatment, or is it post? I mean, when do you fit in? I work mostly with women who have finished cancer treatment at this point. I do have a few men patients as well. Um, I do find it's the post-cancer treatment, um, post-cancer recovery and prevention time when people can really dig in and make the nutrition changes. They have more time because they're not going to all these appointments. They have more, a little bit more energy to kind of put into things or they need more energy. So it's a good time to kind of put some um, nutrition and lifestyle changes into place. So I typically work with women who are maybe on their last legs of their chemotherapy, who might be even in radiation at the same time. Um, but a lot of people who are also completely done cancer, whether it's been, they finished yesterday or they finished last year or something like that. I, I kind of t- typically work with that population. So what does that process look like? Cause I know you're, you're such a great educator you know, to people out there because I mean, like we mentioned earlier is that uh, when they are done with traditional cancer treatment and they have no idea what to do next, you know? So what does it look like? What does that process look like when they come to you and what, you know, what should they expect? Mm-hmm. So what we do is we do a very thorough intake as pretty much any functional medicine doctor would do is we want to look at everything about their health head to toe. Cause it's not just about the cancer. We want to look at what's going on with their body and see if we can kind of prevent um, cancer, take an approach where we're kind of strengthening their body to, to create an anti-cancer environment in the, in the body. So we're going to do a very thorough uh, interview. Basically we're going to ask past medical history, goals, symptoms, what kind of treatment did they have? Um, what kind of like, where do they want to go from here? What are their goals? Um, with regards to even tomorrow versus next year, where do they want to be? Uh, And then with that information, we can also do more comprehensive blood work. So we can do extra uh, cancer markers. We do a little bit more comprehensive organ testing, metabolic function testing, that kind of stuff. Um, Nothing too extreme, but something a little bit more in depth than the conventional CBC and maybe a small metabolic panel of some sort. (laughs) So we take all that into account and then we can kind of start to go ahead with some nutrition changes. Uh, We can do follow-up testing just to monitor progress. We might make a few supplement changes. I'm really, really big on nutrition, mindset, stress reduction, sleep, like just overall those basics of health, because I find the supplements get in the way sometimes where we can really just kind of dig in and make such big progress um, with just the basics of health. So we set them up with that. Um, We throw in a couple supplements if needed based on symptoms. And then uh, we monitor and motivate and kind of keep on track. I feel like the coaching part is really important. The accountability is really important and the how to, to make sure that it's working in their life. So we just kind of check in on a regular basis over about six months is when, is when we find people are usually good to go off on their own. Mm-hmm. And is there a certain uh, diet that you that you're more proponent of than others, or does it depend on background, type of cancer, and and so forth? I find the research is really stronger in how to support the person as opposed to tackling like killing cancer cells. So we typically just see where the person's at. We don't want to overwhelm people because if we tell someone that they have to go, and I wouldn't necessarily do that, but like you tell someone that they have to go keto and then they try to do that keto and they just get overwhelmed. It doesn't happen. Then nothing takes place. And that's just not going to be an effective diet plan. So if anything, I just encourage lots of vegetables, good, healthy proteins, because especially post-cancer is when you really want to build up any tissue damage and to, to promote those energy 
making processes. So lots of protein. We do like a lower carb approach, but honestly, lower carb is just like a 30 to 40% total caloric intake of carbs, which is just a typical healthy diet, (laughs) but no, no specific diet plans. We do encourage vegetables, of course, as much as possible. Um, But we just want to meet people where they're at, kind of encourage them to start at a certain point and just progress forward over time with what works for them, what works for their family and what's working for their symptoms. And their blood so, work. so it's more of a healthy diet rather than, you know, it's all plant-based or all ketogenic. So it seems more like you're setting them up for a diet that is sustainable and, mm-hmm. and that exactly. you know, supports their health. Yeah. Cause cancer doesn't happen in like a couple days or weeks or anything like that necessarily. It can happen like little changes can happen over decades. So if it's a diet that someone can't maintain for years and years and years to come, then we're not actually preventing cancer for years and years and years to come. We're just kind of maybe giving them a little boost for a couple of weeks or a couple of months. And I don't feel like that's really doing the job. And you talked a little bit about mindset. I mean, so how do you tackle that? Because obviously a lot of us come with a, a lot of garbage, you know, a lot of you know, we have traumas, we have belief systems. Um, so how, how do you address that? We kind of come at it from a bunch of different angles. A big thing of what uh, I like to encourage in the population that I work with is to not do everything just to tackle cancer and to prevent cancer and to recover from cancer. It's to feel good. It's to have more energy. It's to be able to spend more time with your kids or your grandkids. It's to be able to go back to work and enjoy it. Um, so we kind of tackle changes in that way too, so that we're not constantly thinking about cancer and not having people think about cancer all the time. That's one big thing, because I do feel like when I talk about mindset with this population, it's everything has to do with cancer. It's all that fear. And then all the information coming at them from all over the place saying anti-cancer this, anti-cancer that. But if we can kind of switch that thought process to being, no, I'm having this delicious smoothie to give me more energy so that I can go to hang to that hike with my kids or something like that, that can really encourage more and more progression over time with good changes. And then we also offer EFT and tapping as well, emotional freedom technique and tapping and as part of the program that we have people go through. And just a couple of visits, just a quick kind of tune in to help people feel safer in their bodies and just kind of feel a little bit more grounded and have some strategies going forward on if they still, if they do have those kind of feelings pop up in their head, they have something that they can kind of sit back on, think about and calm the nervous system down a little bit. So that's a little bit of some mindset stuff that we do. And I agree with that. I agree with that because a lot of cancer patients, it, it becomes all about cancer. You know, yeah. So it becomes cancer focused rather than health focused. And mm-hmm. uh, obviously with, I don't know if you've done any of Joe Dispenza's work or, you know, work similar where whatever you, you focus on and visualize, you know, that becomes. So mm-hmm. you want to create a different reality. So then you, you focus on, you know, what makes me happy and tie emotions to that and have the outcomes, you know, like walk in the park with grandchildren or, you know, have energy to hike that mountain. And, you know, those, those type of things are are much better than just to focus on not having cancer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's not fun to do something, to not have a chocolate or something like that, because I just don't want cancer to come back. Like that's not even measurable. It's scary thought to come to, to kind of think of, but if you start to feel like you're focusing on what can be and and the good things that are happening, then it's just going to, it just opens up the world for making more and more positive change because there's a lot to be done whenever it comes to cancer, but it doesn't all have to be miserable. No, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) It's about building joy, creating a life that you look forward to. So, and how do you, you mentioned some blood tests and I mean, frequently 
patients that have dealt with cancer. And I actually see that the monitoring on the traditional cancer side sometimes tend to be fairly poor. And uh, you know, patients are concerned about that. And then that almost puts them in a place where they're really nervous about where they're at. So how do you, what are some of the things that you, how do you monitor? I mean, you, you mentioned just like CBC and some metabolic panels are, are there, what other markers are you looking at? You do an imaging, what do you do? We typically, well, we'll one, we'll take information from like their intake form just to see what they might be at more risk for sometimes, or maybe if they're on any medications, if they're being properly monitored that way. But just generally speaking, like we always want to make sure that we're looking at uh, fasting insulin, fasting glucose, because those are very important. Uh, insulin is a pro-growth uh, hormone in excess of amounts. It can potentially encourage cancer cells to grow. So we want to see where that's at. And I've even seen people with some normal glucose levels, but then we test their fasting insulin and their IGF-1, and those are a little bit higher than what we anticipated. So we can adjust exercise, we can adjust their nutrition um, and kind of help to move those into more healthy ranges. Other things we look at are inflammatory markers, uh, HSCRP for one, ESR, um, we can also even kind of take into account things like the neutrophil to lymphocyte ratio. We can look at ferritin levels. We can look at platelet numbers, all those kind of things. And those can all determine what kind of inflammation or immune dysregulation might be going on in the body and kind of help us to focus our attentions on certain aspects of their care. And what else we look at? I guess we, we look at things like alkaline phosphatase, which can kind of be like a marker of spread and certain tumor markers based on whatever cancer they kind of present with. And we can kind of monitor those twice a year at least uh, as early screening tools. And then also if we're going through treatment, we're asking people to make some changes. We can kind of use some of these measurements as guidelines to see are the changes we're making working or do we need to kind of adjust our protocols? And that is the, the power when you're working with somebody that is a functional medicine doctor or naturopathic doctor uh, that you, because a medical doctor say, or the traditional cancer doctor, oncologist and radiologist and all that, they only have these powerful tools. So they, they, they can't really make small little shifts because they, their treatment does not involve that. So therefore they, they pretty much just need to sit and wait until it's full blown cancer or something that they can go after fully. Mm -hmm. But then, and so to them, small little changes like that is doesn't really, it's not valuable that much, but for somebody like yourself, it becomes very valuable because you're able to make these small little shifts in nutrition and mindset and exercise, you know, some supplementation and, and therefore you, you know, small monitoring and these type of blood tests becomes really, you know, pertinent. Yeah, you nailed it because sometimes it's hard to get these blood work uh, panels done through a medical doctor because they don't know what to do with it because it's not within their toolbox to treat these little minute things. But whenever it comes to changing nutrition, lifestyle uh, habits, we can make a big difference uh, in even small scales whenever and we can. That's why we use this kind of blood work. It really is really helpful for us. So you mentioned diet, talked a little bit about exercise. And I, I want to talk a little bit more about that and then also mindset. What else is there that, that a, a person should consider, you know, when they have finished their cancer treatment? I kind of go through what I call the six pillars of cancer prevention, which would be nutrition, mindset, exercise. So those three you mentioned. We also talk a little bit about uh, detoxification and digestion. We also talk about the environment and epigenetics. So the way that the environment can influence our genes. So those are kind of the six categories that we go through with each of our clients. 
And, and how do we control our environment? I mean, what, what should we consider in, in our environment? We certainly can't control everything, and that can be really frustrating sometimes for a lot of people going through all this kind of knowledge and getting this knowledge. But there are certain things within our home, for instance, that we can control, like the types of shampoos we use, the creams, the makeup, anything kind of like a personal skincare product. We can kind of look for things like like phthalates, BPA, that kind of stuff that make sure that those things are absent from our uh, products. We even kind of go through a list of some simple changes, like making sure that we keep a clean home where we don't wear our shoes inside, where we make sure that we're washing our curtains like now and then, those kind of simple things. Um, those are things that we can control. Uh, looking at glass versus plastic, looking at certain cooking utensils and cooking like frying pans, that kind of stuff. Um, nothing too extreme, nothing that needs to be done overnight, but little changes like that over the long run can kind of add up. And, and then going back to exercise, I mean, what, what should that look like? I mean, can you overdo it, uh, underdo it? I mean, what, what is kind of a normal exercise protocol in your, in your view? It's kind of different for everyone because we don't want to, again, like on motivate someone from getting started by saying you have to exercise three days a week for this long, but just to get started. Um, I don't care what people do. I just want them to get moving. We just monitor them over time, make sure that they kind of increase activity over time. But generally speaking, like we want to make sure that we're doing some strength training to make sure the bones are nice and strong and a little bit of cardio at the same time. So a good mix of both is good. So whether you start with just walking, because maybe you've just finished treatment, you don't really have the energy, you're still building all your tissues back up. And, and that's where you want to start. That's where you start. Um, if you are someone who maybe has exercised before and loves kind of jumping into something, we might hold you back a little bit until your tissues are healed, until you get your energy producing processes up and running a little bit more effectively. But we just kind of want to meet you where you're at and not kind of dismotivate someone to keep going on, motivate someone to keep on going. Yeah. 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 It's always, I mean, I, what I tell somebody that can only make it to the bathroom once and then, yeah, maybe try it twice next time or, or just kind of, you, you, like you're saying, you, you gotta just meet them where we're at and they, they gotta be good with any kind of improvement that they're doing, you know, yeah, what, yeah. whatever that is, you know, talking about diet, talking about exercise, talking about mindset, you know, whatever it is, whatever kind of improvement you're, you're doing is one step in the right direction. Absolutely. And I do get my marathon runners sometimes who were big marathon runners beforehand and they want to jump right back into after treatment. But we really do want to make sure that everything's kind of up in, in order before we kind of push someone to more intense activity. Treatment, chemo, radiation, surgery, anything like that is very hard on the body. It does cause damage to the tissues, uh, does kind of bog up any of these energy making processes. So what we want to do first is look at getting proper nutrition, at reducing stress, kind of getting a bit of balance in the body and getting some energy boosted before we go into more hardcore exercise routines like um, marathon running or extreme kind of weightlifting. So those things are very important to look out for. So if, if talk a little bit about the aftermath of, of chemo and, and you mentioned then one of the pillars being detoxification. Mm -hmm. So is, is there then a, a consideration then that you've had this chemo and we need to take these steps in order to be able to kind of clear that junk out of the system and then be targeted in, you know, where to repair depending on what kind of chemo the individual's having. 
it can be a little bit tailored that way. It just depends on where the person's at because step one is always just getting the basics into place, making sure that they're getting enough of these fueling like macros, the protein, carbs, and fats in order to kind of fuel these processes for healing. And then we can look at the specific treatment that they've gone through. We can look at any symptoms that they've gone through because of those certain treatments and, and kind of treat based off of that. But more often than not, um, we don't need to target specific detoxification processes based on their chemotherapy. It's just a little bit more, like even people who come to me who are already pretty good and eating well, we still need to do more tweaks just on their food and their, and their movement and getting lymphatic system moving, that kind of stuff before we go in depth with looking specifically at their chemotherapeutic and prescribing a supplement based on anything like that. But I do often see glutathione and being like depleted post-treatment, especially chemo. A lot of research actually shows some, some blood levels being like they'll measure glutathione and see that it's depleted post-chemo. So we do a little bit of glutathione and some people who are maybe more advanced, they've already got the basics into place. And maybe they're showing some signs of um, more fatigue, even after doing a bunch of other things, we will push those detoxification process a little bit more with some supplements, but yeah, more often than not, it's just the basics that we need to kind of push into place. And that is what I think the beauty is, you know, when you do any kind of treatment and what, what you're doing is that, you know, people get so hyper-focused on details so that sometimes they forget the, the basics and the, the basic fundamental components will take you so far and, and the body really responds to just very basic things. Uh, and then yes, then you can do these other heroic type of treatments or be very targeted. But if you don't have the basics in line, then, you know, all these other therapies are, are really not going to be that helpful. Yeah, absolutely. We can't out supplement like a bad diet or a diet that's not supporting our bodies. Mm -hmm, exactly. So what have you seen? So you, you see a lot of patients then coming through your clinic and uh, you do the, the aftercare and what do you see the result of a person that goes through the aftercare versus somebody that, that does not? I just like, if I ever hear once more that a diet won't make you feel better or won't make a difference, then I will scream at the top of my lungs that it makes the biggest difference in the world because the ladies that we work with, like, um, they get better in like their energy is they come in so low and they get so much energy within two, four weeks, six weeks, max kind of thing. It's just such a night and day kind of picture compared to a lot of, a lot of people who I've chatted with outside of the program who they're still tired six months post-treatment or a year post-treatment and just the difference with fueling your body appropriately to heal after treatment, to kind of get the, the energy and repair processes boosted as best, best as possible. There's the timeline is, is massive. Like I, I want to start doing some research projects on this and having my, my control group and my test group here and kind of show what a difference eating well to suit your body can really make. Yeah. And, and, and it'd be fascinating also to see kind of in addition to obviously you know, how they feel, uh, blood markers, but also then, you know, reoccurrence, you know, to see the changes in reoccurrence. I'm, I, I'm sure that that is, that is just huge difference. Yeah, for sure. Like we haven't been running the program long enough to, to do like a five-year kind of look back, but it's definitely some measurements that we're tracking to see are people more prone to reoccurrence? Like what is a recurrence rate after we've treated these people? We don't have any controls or anything like that to do a full-on study, but so far, like so good, like our women are still going very strong. We haven't had anyone come back and say that they've had any major health difficulties going forward. And that's pretty good because we've, we've had well over a hundred uh, women go through our program now. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. And, and any kind of final tips that you really would like to share for, you know, for people that are going through this journey that, 
you know, you feel be very valuable and, and people are confused about before they come to you? I think the biggest thing is just to know that it doesn't have to be super complicated. Um, it doesn't have to be super overwhelming. It can a, a nutrition and a, a plan for after treatment can really suit your lifestyle and your family for the long run. Um, it is a little bit above and beyond just eat healthy and exercise. Like there is some detail to it that can be more specific to you, but it doesn't mean that you have to completely go into a new diet overnight or start meditating for hours on end or exercise like Jane Fonda or anything like that. But um, something needs to be done. It just not everything needs to be done great great well dr bernard it's been such a pleasure to to have you on the show and i'm really grateful for all the the wonderful work that you're doing and and uh you know thank you so much thank you for having me the information this podcast is for educational purposes only and it's not designed to diagnose or treat any disease i hope this podcast impacted you as it did me please subscribe so that you can be notified when new episodes are released there are some excellent shows coming up that you do not want to miss. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please take a moment to write a review. And please don't keep this information to yourself. Share them with your family and friends. You never know what piece of information that will transform their lives. For past episodes and powerful information on how to conquer cancer, go to integrativecancersolutions.com. If you would like to know more about the cutting-edge integrative oncology therapies my center offers, please visit thecarlfeldcenter.com. Thank you for spending this time with us, and I hope to see you at our next episode of Integrative Cancer Solutions with Dr. Carl Feldt.